hot prospect and go from Barcelona to Middlesbrough. I would feel like you're like a, a mild prospect. You're like a a, a, a re-microwaved prospect. Dan, I have to be honest, I've only just pressed record. That's fine. <laughs> I can do my I can do my I can do my uh my intro again. Well, we were talking then I looked at the screen and thought, oh shit, I haven't pressed record. That is honestly that's fine. Because now I can go I, I still can't do it. I still I've still got nothing. This should just be the start of it. This is just to be the start of how how unable I am to come up with some witty, witty concept to say. <laughs> Hello. Well, we were saying that, just to sort of do this intro again, we were saying that what's happening right now is we're watching a live football match. Manchester City are playing Chelsea right now. Probably not when you're listening to this, but as, at the time of recording. And this is the well, first time I'm, we've I'm spoke since football has come Marcus Allback. Um, Fabio Rockenback. Fabio Rockenback. That's how we got onto the topic of Fabio Rockenback. <laughs> <laughs> Middlesbrough legend, Barcelona. He's like, a, like we said, he's like a re-microwaved prospect, isn't he? He's not a hot prospect. Yeah. Because you don't be a hot prospect and go from Barcelona to Middlesbrough. So you're like, you know, like a microwavable meal. Like you're going to be hot at some point, but probably not at the start. Would you say? Adama Traore is the modern Fabio Rockenback because he was he was a Barcelona sort of hot prospect um I I guess and he's ended up at a sort of well I almost wanted to say Wolves are a sort of mid-table Premier League team but they're not really mid-table they're challenging for Europe to be fair as were Middlesbrough back then Middlesbrough had that UEFA Cup run I'm not sure if Fabio Rockenback was in the team that time but I reckon he was. I reckon he was alongside Guy Scamendier, who was a baller, by the way. Yes. They had a decent I might, squad. I might, not, I might now get a Mendieta shirt. Yes. What a player. Like a Valencia then. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Then with the days. Oh. When Valencia was sick. Pablo Aymar. Anyway, I digress. Um, so, yeah, so we're watching football. You know, there's, you know, it's a, it's a, an ever so slight big game. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, the, the the fun behind this game is that if, if Manchester City lose, then your team are crowned Premier League champions for the first time in either of our lifetimes. Madness. But maybe what we should Madness. do is kind of talk about all the football that has happened since we last spoke. There have been almost two rounds of games in the space of a week there's been so much football on every day um i almost don't really know where to where to start dan well how about how about we start with martial scoring manchester united's first patrick since robin van Persie? i'm happy to, i'm more than happy to start there as a as a man united fan that was it was literally delightful to watch it was delightful i can't think of any other word and it's so funny actually i was telling you earlier that 
just before that game, I was watching a video um, about football flops of current, like which players are currently flopping. I think Lacazette was mentioned, Pepe was mentioned, and then Pogba and Martial were also mentioned. Um, And the funny thing is with Pogba and Martial is that no one denies what they're capable of. Most flops, they're so bad that you think, actually, our expectations were just far-fetched. Our expectations aren't far-fetched with players like Martial and Pogba. We know what they can do, they just don't always do it. But yesterday, they did it. Oh my God! Sorry, Man City. There's going to be a bit of that um, during this podcast. Man City nearly scored then. Is it? Is that? Is that the, um, the misplaced header? I think I and might be a little bit behind you. Yeah, that yeah, was it. you're a little bit behind. Um, so we was having this discussion earlier about Martial, whether or not he was actually going to be cast as a flop because. I sort of argue for it and you argue against it, don't you? Which is kind of obvious. It's going to be like that, you know, you being a United fan and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to you, it's not necessarily that he's been terrible, but I think that he come with the amount of money that you spend. Bearing in mind, this was before like the Neymar transfer when, you know, when prices sort of had, had a serious increase. Yeah. With that point comes a reputation, mm-hmm. and whether it be a reputation because you know you're already a great player, or whether or not that reputation comes because you are have the potential to be a good player, mm-hmm. his was a potential that I've never think he's ever realised. Yeah, I fully hear that. And it's not to say that he's a bad player; it's just to say that he, I think he's a flop because he hasn't realised that potential. Mm-hmm. Which may be maybe a harsh statement to make, but one that I stand by. Well, it's really interesting because I think what I challenged was, you know, lots of players are deemed flops because of the expectation when they come to the squad. But there wasn't, in Martial's defence, there wasn't as much of a huge expectation because no one really knew who he was. He was this young player from Monaco who... I mean, as a Man United fan who like pays attention to everyone we're interested in, let alone sign, this was one that just came out of nowhere. And there was obviously a hefty price tag for him. So with that, I kind of thought he must be good if we're going to spend that much money on him. But equally, I don't know who he is. He wasn't like a player that's tearing up another league somewhere around Europe. It was just, who is this guy? We obviously need a striker and we've just got this unknown guy. But do you not think that that's part of the thing? Like you, you spending that much money on him is kind of, already given him that platform to be like he he should succeed well I think the I always thought that the price tag was to do with him being young and we expected a number of years out of him because when we signed him I think he was like 20 maybe no, um, I think he was 8 I think he might have been less than that maybe. maybe yeah maybe even less than that and so when we sign when you sign a player with like a good 15 years of career ahead of them um, I guess you know the price tag is naturally bigger like you wouldn't spend as much money on a 33 year old no matter how good they are um, so I, I, I oh yeah well Ronaldo's an exception because he's one of the best <laughs> players ever but yeah I kind of always thought that price tag was more so because of his youth as opposed to his current ability and another reason why I sort of challenged this idea that Martial's a flop is because it, the circumstances haven't been kind to him 
I mean, he probably could have dealt with them better, but I mean, given that within five years, he's played under three, I think three different managers, three or four, no, three different managers. Um, with that, you know, he was told you're going to be a striker. Then we put him out on the left wing and then we bring in Zlatan who takes his number and pushes him out of the team again. Then we bring in Lukaku who sort of pushes him out of the team again. And he's had to sort of withstand a lot, but he's come out the other end and he's our joint top goal scorer this season. And I saw a stat recently that shows that since he joined, he has scored the most goals for Manchester United of anyone since he's joined. And I was looking at his stats today. His numbers are not bad. His goal scoring numbers are not, they're not, I don't know, they're not like Harry Kane levels or Aguero levels or someone like this, but you know, they're actually not bad. And that's why I challenge you. He's not a flop because he hasn't been excellent, but he hasn't been bad. That's the one thing that surprises me that his scoring numbers are good because I would, despite the fact that he's going to have to get today, I would never cast him as a clinical finisher. And that's, I feel sorry for him because the circumstances haven't put him in the position to finish. Remember for a whole year, like he was sort of second fiddle to Zlatan and then he was second fiddle to Lukaku and he's not always put in the position to just focus on finishing and being one-on-one with the Mm. keeper. Only very recently under Solskjaer has he had the opportunity to be the sole number nine, but he hasn't in Mm. the majority of his time at Man United. The soul at number nine at the Solskjaer. <laughs> well, Solskjaer was number 20, wasn't he? Lock him back. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, I mean, United played, United were real good. Um, I told you earlier that I thought that that pop was still where he rolled in between one of the Sheffield United defenders' legs was um, oh, was outrageous. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, but, it's 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 a top four fight now, isn't it? Well, it's really interesting because, like, I thought we're not getting in the top four. I thought that's pretty much Leicester and Chelsea have got it sorted. But looking at the table now, it's going to be an interesting fight. I mean, Wolves are up there. Wolves are looking good as well. Sheffield haven't returned too well. Sheffield have fell off the pace in this. They've played three games already since uh, the restart. Um, but yeah, there's teams in, around there. Tottenham even are not far behind. It's interesting that race for the fourth spot. Especially if Man City now get banned from Europe, then you know there's another Champions League spot up for, for right. Rebs. So kind of a I mean, I don't I don't know if there's anything more you want to say about United. Um, um but I was sort of gonna say it's a nice segue into Leicester really. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Who I find um I find, a, you know, they, they've not they've not really hit the ground running. You know what? There's been a nil-nil against Brighton. There has been a 1-1 against Watford. I, I watched that game from start to finish, actually, the Watford game. And yeah. uh, I definitely feel Watford probably deserved more out of that game. There was, yeah. actually, before the game started, there was two sort of things I... I was thinking about both to do with Ben Chilwell because he's obviously a very good left back and I was thinking one thing is if England played tomorrow do you start Ben Chilwell or Luke Shaw and then even in this game in particular I've got Ishmael Assar in my um, fantasy squad and I thought that would be a really interesting battle and honestly Ishmael Assar was running rings around Ben Chilwell 
what's really funny is, you know, the the headline is Ben Chilwell scored that amazing, that beautiful left footed goal. Um, but the reality was he was actually completely outrun by Ishmael Assar that whole game. That's, that's really interesting that you say that because I mean, I like Ben Chilwell. Um, I think of the England left backs that we have, mm-hmm. I think he's probably the best. Yeah. Um, because I personally wouldn't put Luke Shaw in there. Interesting. Um, I'd argue that if he had a decent run of games, I'd probably put Danny Rose in there ahead of Luke Shaw. For real? Okay. Um, and it's interesting because I think the Solskjaer started using him as a, uh, one of the three centre-backs. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's not going to be his position in a little while. But Ben Chilwell, it's a, it's a tough ask, Ishmael Ishmael because he, the guy is lightning quick. Yeah, he's a problem. And pace is the biggest asset you can have as a footballer, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because pace is undefendable. Look at look at Adama Traore. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's ridiculously it, strong as well. And that's it. Like, yeah. he came come against West Ham, I think it was. Um, in what was not last game but they played just say the game before the weekend mm. and as soon as he got on the pitch you know you're against tired legs and he just runs rings around him so I kind of I feel a bit sorry for Ben Chilwell in that sense but I think he's a solid defender mm-hmm. um, and I think he's I, I think he's the best that we've got at the moment on the England side mm-hmm. um, if the Euros was this year he would have been my number one choice to be left fullback. Interesting. I think, and I think that I think that's quite a clear cut decision as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I think few would disagree with you. To be fair, maybe mm. I just have a I have a huge Man United bias. Obviously, I think that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that the Luke Shaw is he doesn't really have many consistent names. And like I don't feel like, and I feel like you know he doesn't have a consistent role in the team for whatever reason. Do you know what I mean like for for how long Brandon Williams was keeping keeping him out, keeping him out the side? Mm. And so it's it's kind of a difficult one. Um, we're not blessed with left backs in this country like we are right backs. No. So since Ashley Cole retired, but I can't see Leicester. I can't see Leicester slipping up. They're six points ahead of you guys. Um, I know it's not been a great start, but I think they'll start to click into gear soon. You know, I think Ifardi, I don't believe he scored since the since the um, the start of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the restart, I should say. And I, you know, James Madison has got a kick into gear. I think once them players start to get back into the flow of things because bearing in mind it has been a bit bit of a sharp start you know a bit of a all guns blazing start I think that they'll start to gain a bit more confidence a bit more fluidity and I think Leicester will start to get back to their um, dominant terms well I think amongst those teams in like the top four, five, six, whatever I think one thing that lets Leicester down is 
maybe squad depth compared to some of the other teams you see in and around them, like your Chelsea, your Man City, even Man United, there's just a bit more depth, like they can afford to rest players. Whereas I feel like Leicester don't really have that depth. They don't really have players in every position that they can replace. If Vardy's out the squad and Madison's out the squad, they look a hell of a lot weaker. Don't you find depth a rarity though? Uh, Well, I mean, um, as we're talking, we're watching Man City and Chelsea. And I mean, Chelsea haven't started their top goal scorer this season. And I don't think Pedro started... Or has Pedro started? But yeah, what I'm trying to get at is these two teams have a bit more depth. It seems like the clubs have a bit of money, have a bit more depth. Yeah. And Leicester Which is aren't one of those the, yet. Which are going to be the case. These two have like the two richest owners in the country. Yeah. Um, and I think you'll, you know, there's a lot of money being choked at it. I think you'll see that. Uh, where Leicester are concerned, I think that they have a, they have one of the best starting 11s in the country. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And the issue you've got is, and the reason I was saying rarity is because if you look at players now, players don't want to sit on the bench. Leicester have quite a settled team. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be quite hard for someone to dislodge Jamie Vardy. You know, he's aged, but, you know, who's going to want to come in to potentially sit? I thought he was English. You know, below Jamie Vardy. Oh, what, 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 oh, no. You said he's Asian. I'm not even stop stop it yeah I had to I had to double take in everything on this thing man alive (laughs) sorry that was a bad joke I enjoyed it though (laughs) Um, so yeah I think that Leicester I think Leicester are safe to be honest, uh, in terms of top four, yeah, especially if City, especially if City get um, their financial fair play ruling, yeah, um, stuck. I don't know when the when that is. I don't know when the decision of that is going to be made. Um, but that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, I gone. I kind of want to talk about Liverpool. I mean, go for it, man. Um, so, by any stretch of the imagination, the Merseyside derby was poor. It was really bad. It was lacklustre. It was, mm-hmm. it was slow. It was everything that people were worried about when Project, Project Restart happened. And you um, weren't in the greatest know, form before the lockdown as well. Well, yeah, we lost to Atletico Madrid um, as our last game, but I feel like form kind of goes out the window when 100 days has gone by. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but they have... Um, uh, yeah, like you, you had injuries. You, everything that people worried about with Project Lockdown. Mm-hmm. And Palace have always been a bit, a bit of a struggle for us at home. Like we've always had a little bit of an issue where they're concerned. They're like your bogey um, team, ain't they? Yeah. Well, we, they were the last team we lost to at Anfield. Oh, wow. That says it all. Um, in the league. So it's a... Uh, it, it's just... you always got that thought process in your head that like, ah, shit. This, this might not go well. Mm. And 
you know, I mean, Wilfred Zaha goes off after 15 minutes, which is a shame for the game. But from our point of view, is is great because, you know, he's going to be your main threat. As soon as you nullify Wilfred Zaha, you stop 80, 90% of Palace's attacking threat. Yeah. And I... It, it, was a, it was a sigh of relief. It was a massive sigh of relief. Um, and then it was kind of like just, just waiting for, for us to start picking Paris apart. Oh, you did exactly that. And, and, that, and that's it. And that, like, I, I thought that we'd win. I thought we'd win because I've got confidence. But I couldn't believe how well we played. Um, and how well we played... I mean, and the detriment to Milford of the Hard Not Very Palace is in this stat that I told you earlier, um, which was since October stats, sorry, since October records began in 2008, Liverpool the first team to prevent an away side from having a single touch in their penalty area. Wow. A single touch. That says it all, really. And it wasn't even... You know, I'm not even sure if it was that you were defensively... Maybe you were defensively astute, but that was sort of from the midfield. Like, they just couldn't even get into an attacking area for your defenders to be awakened, so to speak. You just had the ball a lot. And that's it. And the only worry I had was, like, a lack of concentration. Yeah. Because we had everything else covered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's but, you know, it's safe to say it's it's not a matter of if at all. I don't think anyone in the world thinks Liverpool aren't going to win the league. It's just a case of when. And actually, that's an interesting question, Dan. Would you like to win the league off the back of Chelsea winning this game? Or would you like to win the league off the back of Liverpool winning a game? I honestly don't care. Really? Yeah, I don't care. Because I've never had the luxury of winning a league. Oh yeah, you don't know what it's like. I'm I'm over that. Been there, done that, got the t shirt. <laughs> um giving someone else a chance. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so the 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 fact that yeah, the fact that we've, you know, had this opportunity to do it. I don't care how it happens as long as it does. Fair enough. That, yeah, I guess um, that, that's very fair enough. Don't you like the idea of watching the players, you know, celebrate at full time because they've done it? Because now you'll probably just see some YouTube videos of players at their home watching the game and being like, yeah, we've done it. <laughs> in a perfect world, in a perfect world, we've got City in our next game away. I'd love to do it against City at the Etihad. That'd be but, perfect. Literally taking same, it off the current champions. But at the same time, we get a guard of honour against City at the Etihad. Oh, yeah. Ideally, you'd so, both really, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's really. There's been a goal. There's been a goal. Has there been a goal? I'm behind you. Yeah. All I can see is that Man City have the ball right now. I'll, I'll be completely Christian honest. Pulisic. 
Oh, oh, what? Chelsea have scored. Chelsea have scored. From what I'm watching, okay, I'll do the commentary right now. So Gundogan's just giving the ball. So is that Rodri? Now Fernandinho. Oh, I must be way behind you. Fernandinho's oh, passed it forward. City have their free kick yet? Kyle Walker. What minute are you in? Uh, 35th. I'm in the 34th and 19 seconds. So they've just won a free kick. Willian's just tackled Kyle Walker to give Man City a free kick. Yep, that was definitely a free kick. I, I, this is interesting. If only I was watching this on a legitimate channel, <laughs> then I wouldn't be so behind. So Kevin De Bruyne has got a free kick. I'm hoping he does something with it because he's in my fantasy squad. I've got Benjamin Mendy in my fantasy squad as well, but I don't think he's even started. Yeah, he is. He's left back. Okay. Well, we, that clean sheet record's gone then. <laughs> Here we go. So, De Bruyne has gone to put the ball in. It's actually a good ball in, but it's been headed out. Here we go. It's Benjamin Mendy. He tries to give it... Oh, Benjamin Mendy. Oh, I'm going to lose points because he made a mistake. Oh, my God, Benjamin Mendy. Oh, it was all Benjamin Mendy's fault. And Christian Pulisic scores. <laughs> oh man, he's so American, isn't he? Just the way he roared, just looked like America. <laughs> yeah. I instantly thought of um. Oh, what's that? Um, what's that puppet? America. Fuck yeah. Is that <laughs> yeah, what? I forgot what it's called. <laughs> Oh my God, so it's 1-0 to Chelsea. If I'm completely honest, Dan, as a Man United fan, I do want Man City to win this game. Yeah, um, I mean, as a Man United fan, you want you want Liverpool to not win the league, don't you? So It's partly that, and it's partly like I, we could catch Chelsea, and you know I want Chelsea to obviously lose games so we can catch them. Mm. Decent finish, though. Christian yeah, Pulisic, real good finish. he's a topic of discussion. I mean, it's, it's unfair to call him a flop because he has been injured, but... Uh, I guess he was supposed to be the replacement for Hazard. And Hazard... Do really you think he's done well? I mean, he scored a hat-trick before Martial did. Yeah, I don't think he's done too badly at all, to be honest. I mm. think that, you know, he's been, you know, pretty pretty decent when he's played. I mean, whenever I've seen him, he, has. he hasn't had too many rough games. I think Chelsea are a bit of a force to be reckoned with. We spoke about Leicester, but um, you know Chelsea are also in that sort of top four race. And mm. it's really interesting because at the start of the season, Chelsea were sort of already written off. We said they've just sold their best player in Hazard. They're like, they've got a really young team. They've got a young manager, you know, give him a chance. They've got a transfer ban so they can't bring anyone in. So they were sort of written off. And remember the first game of the season, I remember well, because Man United beat them 4-0. Um, or four one or whatever it was, um, and yeah, Chelsea were written off. But look at them now; they're a force to be reckoned with. They've just bought Ziek, who looks like a good. Of course, they've got Timo Werner, who looks incredible. I keep forgetting about Ziek as well. I think that's a great signing. Yeah, look out for look out for Chelsea next season. I think they could do with another player at the back, maybe. And maybe I'm not. I'm still not convinced on um, Kepa. Yeah, I'm not too convinced on Kepa either, but I think that, you know, he's young, he's still young, so. Mm. Yeah, they're a force to be reckoned with. Um, Dan, I want to talk about, like, sort of the the bottom half of the table. Um, j- just because... Let's talk about Arsenal. <laughs> oh, yeah, th- 
They are literally, are they bottom half? No, they're ninth, they won today. Well, Arsenal, yeah, actually, let's absolutely talk about Arsenal because they are dire. They are very, I mean, they won today, but the first two games they played, they're just, I I really enjoyed the whole Mope, Mope story. And I did feel a bit sorry for him because that challenge on Leno, I don't think was a bad challenge at all. You know, you see strikers sort of jump into keepers all the time and sometimes keepers drop it and the striker gets a chance to score. And, you know, strikers take that gamble. It wasn't malicious. Just unfortunately, Leno went down a bit awkwardly. So I already felt sorry for him there. And then he scores the winning goal and <laughs> Gwen Doozy channeled his inner Kane and the Undertaker and tried to choke slam man. I reckon he's the Undertaker's Ooh. nephew. <laughs> but and I love what I loved is when Neil Mopé at the end of the game he said uh, what was it Arsenal lack humility they were doing a lot of talking when they were 1-0 up but yeah. you know we, we spoke on the pitch or something like that and it's it's not the first time Arsenal have been sort of called out like that I remember Troy Deeney saying they've got no cojones um but I mean, the, yeah, incredible, isn't it? the ultimate story in that game isn't Neil Mopé. It's obviously David Luiz. Unbelievable. He's, what he's, a mistake. He's a joke. But he's, he's, supposed to, he's just been given a contract. I really, I genuinely do not get it. I, I don't see what, does he sell shirts or something? Is it like a business thing? Because if it's football... Maybe he's popular in the dressing room, but I don't know, man. He's really bad. He's such I have a, no idea. He's such a detriment to the club. Since he joined, it's just not been good for him. I mean, this isn't the first time he's given away cheap penalties and been sent off. And I don't know what it is, man. Arsenal are in a really bad way. Aubameyang really wants to leave and he seems to be their only really good only player of like sort of Champions League quality I think there's very few players in the Arsenal squad that are like actually Champions League quality they're bad yeah um, I mean they're sitting 11th mate I think it's, it's 11th oh no they won today didn't they they won they beat Southampton 2-0 today where do they so they're 9th they've gone up to 9th they're busy, yeah. they're busy fights with 9th do you know what which is kind of crazy because they're only six points behind United and we're talking about how bad they are. Very true, yeah. It's pretty tight around um, there. I mean, I kind of like it because, like, I football fans, right, are, are synonymous with just bullshit chat on, like, social media, right? Yeah. And Arsenal, Arsenal fans are the biggest for it. They give it all this talk about how shit other teams are and, you know, how... Uh, I saw I saw someone the other day say that, you know, Liverpool... Like, an Arsenal fan said that Liverpool fans have given it all chat when, you know, they haven't won the league before, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing is, is that football started before the Premier League, so we've obviously won the league before. Yeah. And two, it was just casting away from that irrelevance. Yeah. Like, Arsenal have become just a... A irrelevant team 
That's exactly it. Well, that's interesting. I know they're only six points behind United, but they're not in the conversation of any European competition. They're like they've they are becoming Everton, that team that I just you forget about. Yeah, and the thing is, is that like normally you would say, oh, like, well, you know, they've got no they've got no European football, so like they'll be decent, they'll be really good, but I don't see it. How long before we they start saying Arteta out? I wonder. Ooh. I mean, how long is it before you start blaming? Because I mean, he's already made some decisions in terms of like sort of dropping certain players. Like it's it's clear that he prefers Enketia to Lacazette, and I think Enketia scored today actually. But there's yeah, but did you see the goal? Was it good? The keeper kicked at him, oh, and then okay. it, <laughs> like the keeper kicked at him, and then Enketia just hit it into the back of the net. It was I could have scored that, and I am awful, so. Well, he was in the right place at least. That's a striker's thing. You got to be. But yeah, Arsenal are just not really in the conversation. And if I'm completely honest, I don't see them being in the conversation next year. I think they've got a lot of building to do. I don't see. There's no law of like Arsenal don't have that law to big players anymore. Like there's a, maybe a big rising star somewhere in Italy or Spain or Germany, and I don't really see him going to Arsenal if they want to play Champions League football. I think Arsenal maybe need to hold on to the players they got, such as your Aubameyangs, bring through Saka, who I think is quite a decent player. He's got a good cross on him. Um, Enketia looks like he could be a goal scorer. Martinelli. They've just got to hold on to those players and hope they can form some sort of good team. See, Arsenal have got some decent players. But they just... Yeah, I, I do. I mean... I think that Gwendouzi will, you know, turn out to be a decent player. Mm-hmm. Um, Undertaker. Undertaker. I think Undertaker. I, I, <laughs> I, you know, I don't actually mind Hector Bellerin too much. I'm a massive fan of Martinelli. But the problem is, is they have to, they have to spend a lot of money sorting that defence out. Yeah. And the problem is, is they won't. Like I've, just, I've, I see that they gave Cedric a four-year deal. I think, mm-hmm. um, who's been on loan from Southampton since January, but has been injured the whole time, so can't play. And they gave him a four-year deal, and he's twenty-nine. Do you know what I mean? That type of stuff. I don't get it. Something's wrong over at Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, don't don't get wrong. I'm not I'm not complaining because like. Arsenal fan TV is actually a bit of a delight to watch. Who was the goalkeeper they had in the Brighton game? Martinez. That's it. Did you know he went on loan to Oxford United in 2012? No, I didn't. He played one game. Go on, um, Oxford. Yeah, right. Making it into the board again. Yeah, I mean, it's only next week. Is it next weekend that Oxford are in the uh, playoff, League One playoff semi-final? I think it, I think it's Friday. I think it's the third. I'm really excited about that, personally. The prospect of Oxford yeah, so in the championship. Woof. Yes. Huge. Huge. My hometown club. But yeah, um, you know, I mean, who haven't we discussed? I wanted to look at the bottom of the table. Uh, I think it's probably safe to say Norwich are down. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, but then it's pretty interesting. I personally thought that Watford would be good. I thought Watford, they've got a strong team. They've got a new manager in Nigel Pearson. Well, newish anyway. And I thought they had some decent players. I quite rate Decore, obviously rate Ishmael Assar. Um, I thought they'll be okay. I thought they'll come back, get a good few run of games. And I think they were unlucky against Leicester. Um, but they're in the running to go down. I mean, it's it's essentially out of Watford, West Ham, Bournemouth and Aston Villa. I think Brighton, yeah. Brighton look like they might have just be scrambling to safety. Um, Brighton are Brighton are in the relegation. Uh, sorry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You sorry you didn't mention Bournemouth. So. Oh Bournemouth. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Because I. I think it will be Norwich. If I had to put my hat on it now, I would say Norwich. Bournemouth and I think it'll be the three that are there actually I think West Ham might just be safe West Ham have sort of it'll be really interesting if West Ham go down because I think they have the most um, to lose they have the most to lose definitely and just for the sake of the story I sort of want them to go down just because it'll be interesting to see what they have to do in this loss like will they have to sell loads of players will they rent out half their stadium or yeah and that's my local yeah. I'm literally a walk around the corner from uh, the London Stadium not it's, that, um, it's not significant at all but yeah I just thought I'd drop that in <laughs> like, I think I think they might just be safe but I think the rest of them are in trouble um, my my pre-season shout of Newcastle being safe with Steve Bruce is looking good by the way it is, yeah. They, at the start of the season, it wasn't looking good, but I mean, St. Maximan and Joe Linton are actually looking like good players. St. Maximan in particular, he's he's looking good. Yeah, looks one of the, looks one of the most exciting players in the league. Well, again, with this in with this um, potential takeover, it'll be really interesting to see how Newcastle kick on next year. If yeah, I mean, I don't really know what's gonna happen with the transfer window and when next season starts, but um, it'll be really interesting to see if they do come into all this money who they go for, and if they can kick on and start being a team that challenges for Europe and maybe deservedly so because they're they're a big club and big clubs deserve big things. No, definitely. Mm. I would think that oh, I'm just proud of myself for for you know getting something right for once. <laughs> Speaking of that, actually, that's really interesting because I always like, I mean, I take fantasy football very seriously. Um, I don't know why. I think maybe I'm just sort of innately competitive, but uh, I'm literally just looking at the league table now. If you want to join our generic football league, it's a, what do you remember? It's PPPBMXI. Is it PPBF or is PBB? PB. Well, I mean, if you jump on the generic football show at the generic football show on Instagram or on Facebook, then uh, there's a link there. I can't remember off the top of my head, but in our generic it's football league, PBB is P PBB. Can we get some phonetics on that, please? P P for Patrice, uh, B for Batty Stuter, B for 
um, Borisov. I think that's a football team. PBB. Yeah. M for Martinelli. X for Zerdan Shakiri. Yeah, the nice. <laughs> and I for um, Insua. Oh, it's better than what I was going to say. What were you going to say? Intergalactic Space Raiders. Rah. <laughs> yeah. No reference to football. No, none, actually. But I, I, like the, I like the word intergalactic. I feel like it makes me, you know, a dreamer. An astronomist. An astronomist. <laughs> I want to say a shout out to Jamie Housen and Sam Walker sitting pretty at the top of the generic football league. There's only three points between first and second in the generic football league. Um, I personally am down in sixth, although I should be in fifth. I mean, at the end of... Oh, no, actually, oh, Luke's got a few more points on the board today. And Dan, you're, you've are you dropped down to ninth. That's okay. It's like slow and steady. What slow and steady wins? Dan, I mean, we're 31 games into a 38-game season. I don't know how slow yeah, and steady you have to be. <laughs> I, mean, I ain't used to my triple captain, mate. I'm all over it. Oh, hello, triple captain. Have you used all of yours yet? Yeah, I used mine quite early, which was a bad idea. Yeah, see, I've only used none of mine yet. Oh, that's wise. you got to save them and double game weeks. I know, and nearly on every week is a double game week now, my friend. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, what what else is there to discuss in the world of uh, football? Wol- Wolves are a good team. Yeah, Wol- Wolves are decent. Everton are... Everton, uh... Everton haven't been too bad coming back, actually. I think... that Maybe, I don't know, it's hard to say. You're right. I was going to say Everton are a sort of semi-decent team, but then there's also much reason why they're not. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not a bad team. They got a really good manager. I tell you, what I do want to talk about quickly because I think he's lost his marbles. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Jose Mourinho? Uh, oh yeah, Paul Merson and Jose Mourinho. Uh, you know, Paul Merson stated that Harry Kane should leave because he's not going to get the um, he's not going to get the goals working under Jose Mourinho because he's a defensive coach. Oh, okay. Um, and Jose Mourinho. Uh, actually, I'm just I'm just trying to find it now. Is this where he basically listed all the players that have scored many goals under him? But it makes no sense whatsoever. What what Merson said or what uh, Mourinho said? What Mourinho said because he mentioned that like did he, I can't remember the stats, but it was like Didier Drogba played 180 games and scored. Sorry, no, played four seasons, scored like 180 goals for him. He's like, that's 46 goals a season. I don't think Drogba ever scored 46 goals in a season for Mourinho. Uh, maybe he's counting training. <laughs> I think he must be. He must be. Yeah, I don't get it. He mentioned like Diego Milito in there as well. Yeah. And then he was, and then it was Zlatan and, and, yeah. Ronaldo. So, are you sort of in agreement with Paul Merson? Do you not think Kane will get goals under Mourinho? No, no. I think Kane will get goals no matter what because I think Kane's a you know a clinical striker. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Mourinho 
I, I think Kane's still going to get chances where he, where, you know, however they play, mm-hmm. because Tottenham have a good set of attacking players. Mm-hmm. However, what I'm saying is Mourinho's back, tried to back up this argument for Merson with, with figures that don't match up, mm-hmm. which I find incredibly bizarre. Yes. I'd love to know where Douglas, if someone can tell me, if someone can get in touch and tell me, you know, where Drogba scored these 46 goals a season, I'd love to know because I have no idea. Yeah. So, I'm bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. What What's Tottenham saying for the end of the season? Are they Are they pushing for Europe or have they? I think I think they'll get Europe, won't they? Potentially. I mean, they're actually not too far behind the sort of chasing pack. They're four points behind Man United and Wolves. Potentially catchable. I just think um, Wolves and Man United have been a bit more. Con- oh, I don't want to say consistent. I don't know. I just think Tottenham haven't shown enough for the majority of the season to suggest that they're ready to kick on just yet. Yeah, I I, I speak to a lot of Tottenham fans who are disillusioned with things that are going on at the moment. So. They don't really um, have that I, same depth as some of the teams above them as well. Exactly, exactly. I was just looking now. I was just looking now and it said, um, I can say I've had a few strikers who, who have played for me and they are not bad. Drogba played for four seasons and scored 186 goals, averaging at 46 goals a season. Um, but I'm looking at the news article and it states... Um, Unfortunately, he read the wrong column for Drogba, muddling his appearances, also won out with his goals, to say he scored 186 goals rather than 73. <laughs> oh, my God, Mourinho. Oh, that's so embarrassing. Um, I, think, I think we're there, aren't we? I think we're there. Yeah, it covers most of the teams, I think, if not all of them. And to be honest... The second half is going to start in a minute. Yeah. And it gives me 45 minutes to jump around the screen waiting for Man City to score two um, and kill my dream. Well, potentially, the next time we talk, Liverpool might be champions, uh, but also potentially they might still be waiting. And then we could just do like a whole hour segment on how great Liverpool are, if you want. Uh, I mean, you could do a solo pod. (laughs) <laughs> if that's the case <laughs> oh it's good to talk to you it's you good to talk sir. to you I'll catch you Keep very safe. soon take it easy man see ya